Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast, where we share our opinions on hot topics relating to personal development, work, mindset, and expectations put on women. We also sometimes interview your favorite women influencers, founders, and corporate baddies and get the raw, uncut stories behind what they had to endure and grow through to become the version of themselves that we admire today. I'm your host, Donnie. And I'm Gabby. Now let's Let's get get wealthy. We are here with someone that I found on TikTok. I came across her TikTok a few months ago, and I was very impressed. Um, But I was even more impressed as I learned more about her and as I realized what she was doing. And she's here local. Um, Me and Gabby are in Dallas, and our guest is in Arlington, which is not very far. So I'm super excited to talk to her. We are here with Dina Hawiti. And she is a bridal gown designer. Um, her her designs are just gorgeous, like stunning. Uh, and if I was getting married, I would definitely go to her. <laughs> a bridal gown designer extraordinaire. Yes, extraordinaire. Okay, we have to add that on. So welcome to the podcast, Dina. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Donnie, for having me. And Gabby, of course. <laughs> of course. Yes. So I, the reason I really love your story and what you've been doing is one, because you're so young. Um, I started my career pretty young. And so I always want to give props to people that like really go for it when they're young, because a lot of people don't have the focus or even the, um, the direction to even know what they want to do when they're young. So like anytime I see somebody that is like, very clear they can stay focused and they're able to like follow through and make it happen I always admire that because that means you have a lot of self-confidence that means you have um and and you have a lot of trust in yourself and your own ability and so I love that um so let's talk about how you even got started okay because I've been I've been telling Gabby like I just really need to understand this whole story because <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like bridal to me because um, I I used to really love fashion I still love fashion yeah I used to really um, like I wanted to be a designer myself and go to Parsons and all this stuff so I really understand what goes into construction of a garment and so I feel like bridal sure. is a bit advanced <laughs> mm-hmm. very much detailed very much detailed yeah and. Um, I just want to understand how you got into this in the first place and how you learned how to do this at the skill level that you do it at. That's such a young Yeah, absolutely. You. Yeah, actually, it's crazy because it actually started with headpieces first. So it was never bridal. Yes. And it was never actually bridal, which is insane. Um, originally, it was just evening gowns. Okay. I had a love for just designing evening gowns ever since I was in high school. Um, and my gateway into that was kind of headpieces at first. So I kind of maneuvered into that. And then from there, I started designing a few pieces of evening gowns. But it was very, very early on that I began in bridal. It happened so quick. Everything happened really quickly. Um, And then it kind of just caught me by surprise, to be honest. How old were you when you started, like, when you learned to sew? Um. In high school, we used to take, like, fashion classes. You know those little yeah. – it wasn't anything crazy. It was just, like, um, you know – just little like pillows and (laughs) all these little things and teddy bears but that's what it was during high school and I would say probably freshman year in high school is when it kind of started definitely freshman year in high school is when I got into uh 
fashion when it came to evening gowns, but before that, it was more apparel. Wow. So you were pretty much natural at it then. Yeah. Because, I mean, high school wasn't too long ago for you. <laughs> right. Yeah, high school was definitely not too long ago. But I've always been into art. Like, it was always art ever since I was a kid. It was always art. It was always, like, before, like, first grade, second grade, third grade. It was always art, uh, whether it was charcoal art, oil paintings. Um, I was very into that. And then kind of in middle school, I really enjoyed being into fashion. But it was never, like, dresses, you know? Yeah. Uh, it was more into apparel and just caring about what I was going to wear, like <laughs> having the best outfits or putting things together. I was really into that. And then in high school, it came into, uh, it was more of evening gowns. And then um, bridal caught me by surprise, like I said. That's crazy. Okay, yeah. And that, I wanted to ask you about that because I saw that. I saw that it started as um, like headpieces and then it just suddenly transformed into yeah gowns and bridal so how did that even happen like did people request it or what um well at first when it started with headpieces the reason why I started that was because I saw that here in the U.S. headpieces are just ridiculously priced they're not even like affordable and it didn't make sense to me because the materials that it required what wasn't much you shouldn't be pricing a headpiece at like a thousand dollars that's not really affordable to a lot of people so i kind of started in that way and then um with evening gowns uh in my culture and our religion it's really hard to find modest clothing um so people or modest women always had to layer something and it always ruined the design of the dress overall and you know I i was one of those girls that you know, if if I don't like it, I don't like it. You know, if yeah. if it doesn't fit well or if it doesn't look right, I'm not going to wear it as every other woman. Um, so it kind of started that way in like giving something back in terms of creating something without having to sacrifice a different part of your dress, like having to add sleeves or alter anything. So kind of started with evening gowns in that route. And um, I had like a personal Instagram page at that time and I would always post outfit pictures and I guess people were really into it. So Whenever I launched headpieces, right away, everyone kind of was like demanding bridal. (laughs) And I was was hardly even getting into evening gowns at that point. So it was kind of caught me by surprise, but I got into it. And then um, people just trusted me. At first, it started with custom dresses. So, of course, I didn't have a store. I didn't have anything. So I started with custom dresses where, you know, whoever was willing to trust me would give me a call. And we'd work on something over the phone. I'd be in my room and uh draw out a sketch and then we go from there and it's crazy because the first few people that trusted me within this process now that I look back at it that's absolutely insane so much at the time no I love that I absolutely love that because like you said um it was just like well it was a fast transition but it was a smooth Mm -hmm. transition like it just kind of naturally happened um and okay so my question is though with the bridal um and that trend that transition so you were already were you already wanting to do gowns like like not just bridal gowns but just like formal gowns yeah it started with just wanting to do formal gowns i've never okay. i mean there was never a desire for bridal specifically it was always it. evening gowns i never thought about bridal at all got it okay that makes sense so then the bridal came in because people were asking for it now yeah I, I just believe that you just have, have to be naturally talented, yeah, to be honest, no <laughs> because I <laughs> know <laughs> I know some designers myself um, that I'll just say that their skill level is not quite at your level, and they've been doing this for a lot longer. 
(laughs) So when you were in school and like you had like the different classes and stuff where they were teaching you, do you feel like your work was a little advanced? (laughs) Um, I would say it's always come with an eye. I think, I think with art, honestly, anything to do with art, you have to have an eye for it. I know some people learn it over time, but for me, that definitely wasn't the case. It's more of, you just have to have an eye for it. If you don't have an eye for it, I mean, you could, it's it's a skill level you can't really hire someone else to do if that makes sense you yeah. know there's like like an artist for example no one could ever copy their art you'd have to get it specifically from the artist made so with with fashion it's the same thing you can hire a team and you could hire everything else but when it comes to design it has to be specifically from the root of design yeah. so that's kind of where it stemmed from and I've always had an an eye for nice things <laughs> just in general um and it, it just all fell into place. No, I love that. And you started um, your business in 2019 out of your home. Was there yeah. any fear in starting that? Like, did your family fully support you? How did you feel like fully going into it head on? Well, just like any other Middle Eastern cultural family, um, my dad really wanted me to finish school. So I lied to him the first two years and I told him I was going. But <laughs> I, I had I've always been quick pace with everything I do. Mm-hmm. Um, if my head is in something specific, I'm always going to do it. Um, so I kind of was just guided towards that path and whatever it is I wanted to do, I wanted to get to it right away, um, especially when I'm passionate about something. It's It was very important for me to just get right into it. I didn't like holdbacks um, with anything, no matter what it was. So the first two years, I they knew I wasn't being honest, but the first two years, I, I told them I was still going to school. And I was working um, at a dealership. I was working at the Audi dealership at that time. Um, so I'd get, I I knew it was something I wanted to do. I just didn't know how far. Um, so it's always been just doing things on Instagram. And it was very slow paced at first. It definitely was not the way it is now. Uh, so it started that way. And after you know sometimes even at at work I'd get caught sketching in my (laughs) drawer and kind of get in trouble for it um but I wasn't ready to quit that job just yet I kind of wanted to save up some funds to begin my business but I wasn't I wasn't thinking about a store if anything I actually never even wanted a store which is insane to say now I never even when I started I remember I have a post it was a story that I put up on Instagram that said I just want this to be e-com I don't want it to be a store I love it. Like, I want to change the industry in that way, which is crazy because now everything is falling back into that. And I guess everything that's meant to be comes back to be. Um, But yeah, there was no fear of that because I I wasn't, it wasn't that just yet. It was more of, okay, I was working a job. And then if I got any calls or any inquiries, I would take care of them. But it was nothing so crazy. Um, But then my first two dresses were absolutely insane. And um, a lot of people wanted to come in for me. I, I live a pretty private life and I wasn't comfortable with people coming over to my house specifically. Yeah. So then that's when I started thinking, okay, this is out of my control and I really need to open up a store. Um, when that began, it, it be, I, don't, I wouldn't say there was a fear, but there was a fear of, I always fear of failure more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I continue to be that way just because I'm sort of a perfectionist. I've always feared failure. Um, even till now, I always feel fear. Sorry fear failure <laughs> but um it kind of started that way and then when I started opening up the store I, I believed in myself but there were a few doubts as if you know what if this doesn't work out you know you're just burning all the, this money and 
opportunity and time. So it was it was a bit scary, but yeah, it all I worked love out how organically. It all happened for you. It wasn't yeah. like something that you know. A lot of times people like set goals and they're like, "Well, I don't do this." then this is going to happen if I don't make it this far. But for you, it just like naturally came of you just doing what you loved. Following it's your funny that you say that because like, I'm one of those people. You. I don't know. But if I'm like, oh, if I don't open this door by this time, something bad, you know, in my head. Yeah. I don't know if you're like that, but I always have that. I don't know that thought in my head. So yeah. it was definitely I'd always create very unrealistic goals. Yeah, um, that's but, but I think that's what it was that really got me anywhere. Honestly, I, I know a lot of people say not to create unrealistic goals but I even have like sketchbooks from like high school where I'd write these crazy crazy goals whether it was things I wanted to do or places I wanted to visit and for some reason it always worked out in my favor and I think I think it's part of I wouldn't say necessarily manifesting but more of like believing in yourself to that Mm -hmm. extent if you have it in your head that you could succeed then I think anything is possible no I completely agree I've always done that like I always have the most outlandish goals, ideas, and everyone yeah. looks at me crazy, uh, but they normally happen, and I, I always say that. I'm like, that's why it's happening for me. It's not because I'm so special. I mean, I am special, but uh, <laughs> you are. it's because I even thought it was a possibility. Like, I even... Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. So, I agree with you're you. You're not. So, <laughs> you're, you're just not limiting your yourself to anything. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, okay. As far as like the success of your business and how quickly it happened, would you attribute that to your presence on Instagram and TikTok or would you say it was something else? I say, I would say yes and no. Um, yes, because I think social media is so powerful, especially in this day and age, you know, you could reach billions of people within, you know, your fingertips, which is absolutely insane. But I think also the designs and the dresses are very unique themselves. I think if it wasn't for social media, I think it would have still made its way around. I don't know if it would have been to this extent, but, you know, it's a 50-50. No, I I definitely see what you're saying. Um, And yeah, don't don't think that I don't agree about the the quality of your gowns, because I don't think that that happens to everyone at all. (laughs) It's also word of mouth, you know, with that. If you were to buy a gorgeous dress, all your friends are going to ask you where you got it from. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, regardless of social media. So I think it would have snowballed that eventually. Uh, but I, th- I think definitely, you know, especially my start when I was in high school, I'd always be on Instagram. I think that was the reason for the quick growth more than anything. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, and, and my question, uh, okay, because this is the other thing, because I know you were saying that about like, you know, how you wanted everything to just be e-commerce at first, and now it's yeah. become a whole situation where you, like, have a store. Do you feel like that's mainly because, like, you having a store, do you feel like that's mainly because you decided to go in the bridal route, or would you still have had a store regardless, do you think? Um, I, th- I think bridal is an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too sure, you know, how the industry would work eventually in the future, but I definitely do think there's going to be a lot of innovative innovation going on in this, you know, route, uh, especially with bridal. But I think specifically, even me, like if I were looking to buy a bridal gown, I kind of, it's just that experience that everyone talks about. It's that experience you always imagine ever since you were a kid of going on and trying on dresses. I do think it's beautiful to 
purchase a dress online and it is something absolutely incredible and the fact that we could do that in this day and age is amazing uh, but i also think it's an experience so whether you're able to create that experience online would be absolutely beautiful and then also creating it in store is amazing as well so i think i think there's a route for both but as of right now it's definitely you know more of like a brick and mortar um but i'm definitely maneuvering back myself into the e-commerce world with this and kind of making it a two-in-one yeah yeah because i think it's a completely different experience like a feel-good moment of when you're in there i mean i'm not married or anything yeah. but i can only like imagine like what they feel when they go in in person and see the gown and then put it on and have their friends and family there to watch it all you know happen and no that's so true the presence of like oh my gosh this is really it it's not the same as you know seeing the dress online like yeah it may feel great to be like oh my goodness i can imagine myself in this dress but i you know the experience that you give them when they go in person and have you know their mom there their best friend and they you know start crying and it's just i <laughs> yeah. feel like it's a lot more emotional and it is such a big step in someone's life to be able to have that special experience in person it is and i think it's you know uniquely one of the most amazing parts of wedding planning i mean who doesn't look forward to getting their dream dress um it's definitely definitely a great experience to have in person uh, i also think there's ways to make it beautiful online too which is really cool and such a different way to go about things because not everyone wants to fly out or is able to fly out it's it's quite an expense itself too we get almost i would say honestly 85% of our brides fly out to us which is insane but um we also do a lot of online sales which is really cool too so we do like virtual appointments where they'll or we'll even custom make dresses without the bride even seeing them and that itself is so cool to kind of create something for someone you've never met never seen and you're just learning their personality over the phone and kind of designing just for them that's such a unique experience i think for both parties as well is that is would you say that that experience is more challenging than when they come into the store or do you feel like both are just as fun and rewarding they're both as just as fun and rewarding um but they are definitely very different cuz yeah. in store we do carry like collection dresses and then we have a concept behind our brand where you could customize specific elements uh which is really cool but i think over the phone you do get to learn someone and their personality it's just as if you had them in person it's just more of a a virtual reality i like that i think do you find that like you attract a specific type of bride or do you feel like you get some of everybody that wants your dresses yes girl anyone looking for glam and sexiness and meaning <laughs> they all come to me if you're looking for anything simple um you know we've had a few brides that would come in and they're looking for like something very simple that's just tool i think i think for me more than anything i tried to, i tried to change up a few things back um about 6 months ago i was like let me let me try to get out of my zone and create you know out of my out of what i perceive um as my taste when it comes to fashion but surprisingly those didn't work out and it always they always went back to what i envisioned and those always mm. did the best which is crazy because i try i try to attract a different clientele but it always they they just wouldn't sell and anytime <laughs> i would go back to like my original designs or like i would design what i love and what i think is beautiful and all of that it always did so so good yeah cuz you have your certain niche of who you yeah you know, i think it's definitely a niche and since you've grown so much was it hard for you to expand and add people onto your team versus doing 
everything. Because I can only imagine when you did do everything from home, it was like just you, like handling everything from start to finish. But now with you having a brick and mortar and having your, you know, your storefront and bringing people in, you have to have a team. So was it hard for you to expand and grow a team and at such a young age for people to take you seriously and, you know, respect you and give you, you know, the full amount of respect that you deserve? Yeah, I think when I was working from home, it was definitely just me, but it also wasn't, you know, the quantity that we're doing now. Like back then, it was two dresses, three dresses a month, and I was the happiest person alive. <laughs> now we're doing like almost 40 dresses a month, and it's it's a whole wow. production line. It's a, it's a lot of work, and it definitely did, requires a team. There's nothing that you could do without a team. So it's, uh, I have my little sister. She helped me out at first. She'd come in. Um, she was the stylist and I was, you know, doing my thing and she was an amazing help until now. She actually still works with me, which is amazing. Uh, but she's always been super supportive. So I kind of, it, it was cool because I still had that, that person that I know wouldn't like bail out on me, mm-hmm. you know? So I still had her there in the beginning. And when I was transitioning into a team, I think it was so amazing to have her for that transition because I was comfortable, you know? I, w- yeah. I, I didn't fear anything specific when it came to that. It was just a matter of adding more people on and creating that environment. And for me, when it comes to creating a team more than anything, I like it to be fun, you know, chill, not too serious. It's, mm-hmm. it's bridal. It's, you're in the bridal industry. It has to be all happy and giggly and just fun. And I, I, I've always hated going to a job that, you know, I didn't like waking up mm-hmm. to. I never oh, want that too. to be the situation for anyone else. Um, so I always try to be that that cool boss in a way (laughs) no I definitely understand I like I totally agree because when I first got a team that was my main thing I was like I want people to actually enjoy working for me I don't want Mm -hmm. them to talk about me behind my back I don't want them to like hate it here (laughs) oh exactly and I I think because because we're both so young it's Mm -hmm. you know it's just one of those things where it's like we could all just be a team together rather than it being a job that you just Mm -hmm. wake up and have to do Exactly. What what would you say is like the most challenging thing that you've had to um, do or learn like since you've been growing your business and you've gotten to this point? Because like I feel like everybody struggles with different things. Um, and I know for me, it was like juggling everything that was just yeah. so hard, like learning how to run a team, but then also maintain the stuff that I'd already been doing and posting. And it was just a lot, you know. So what has been your most challenging thing? No, that's a really good question. Honestly, for me, the the one thing that was so important to me was accepting the fact that not everything's perfect, especially mm-hmm. being a perfectionist myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With dresses, I feel like there is such a thing as perfect because perfect is what you envision, you know? Yeah. As long as you create that, then it's perfect. But anything else, um, I think, you know, just kind, kind of coming down to that conclusion that not everything is going to fall into place always. Mm-hmm. And I've always been in such a rush for success that, um, you know, with such incredible growth, there were a lot of times I had to kind of like kick back and be like, okay, I, I need to focus on specific things before this like all gets destroyed because I'm just allowing all of it to, like I'm not able to handle all of this at, at once, you know? So having yeah. to take a step back was really hard for me to accept. But, you know, I took I took those steps and luckily it, it's starting to work out. And then I, I totally agree with you on that because I've struggled with the same thing. <laughs> Do you feel yeah. like um, like as you've been taking a step back, um, do you feel like you you're like you've had to work on your patience even or 
or understanding that like, because I, I know with me, my team always says, always like, <laughs> you have 15 ideas all the time and you always want to accomplish so much, but like, oh let's my God. be realistic. Yeah, yes. You can't do all at once. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, like keep them all, keep, keep them all in your basket. No, it's, that's so true. I, like I said, it's, uh, you have all these crazy, crazy ideas and you want to do them all at the same time. It's funny yeah. you say that because when I started bridal i actually started a clothing line at the same time but bridal became so crazy that i never even got to launch the other brand so you know that's one of those things where it's like like what made me ever think that i could start two new businesses at the same exact time as a new business owner you know it's crazy but it's patience is definitely one of them i don't i don't have patience so i couldn't really (laughs) i couldn't really speak on that but it's it's you learn a lot about yourself and especially with all of this i i learned that i definitely do not have patience yeah especially being like a perfectionist and handing off like your baby to other people to help you oh my god that's so hard to do having to delegate those other tasks i already know it's like hard enough of like me telling my assistant of like can you do this i'd rather do it myself because oh yeah how i like it done (laughs) And so if I don't see you do it that way, I'm going to be like, well, never mind. I'll just take over and fix it. I'll just do so, it myself. Yeah. Oh, that's that's very true. I think I think it requires a, a good training process. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely like that in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But I think for design, it, it's, it's, really, it's really hard for me. That's one of the things that, like, I'm so hands-on. No one could say anything about it. It's like, this is my space. Let me do my thing. And then anything else I could kind of train on. But yeah. as far as, like, design... You know, even like sometimes at the atelier, they'll be like, "Oh, but it looks better this way," and I'm like, "No, this is this is the way I want it." You know, it's really hard to kind of respectfully disagree. Uh, but you know, a vision is a vision, and it is what it has to be. Yeah, no, for sure. And and that I've never even thought about that because with what you do, like you said, it's very creative. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, there's always going to be a lot of opinions on, oh, you should try this or you should try that. But at the end of the day, you know what you envisioned Mm -hmm. and you're like, I really want to get it as close as possible. (laughs) No, yeah, that's, that's so hard to do. And like, like, you know, like Gabby said, it's trusting someone else with your baby. That's so hard to do. But, you know, when you're growing such a, you know, big business or a, a uh, big production line you do have to trust others because there, there's no growth without a good team yeah but you do also have your sister there which I understand because me and my sister work pretty much hand in hand and do everything together so at least it's nice to know that you have your sister there who's always going to have your back and if you do have to like okay I can't take on this much do you always more so lean on to your sister of like can you be the one in charge of this and then delegate it out because you know how my mind works and how I think um yes and no just because she she has a specific role too so mm-hmm. although she is my sister you know at at work I like to keep things just work so she has her own role which is you know a stylist and she's amazing at what she does but with everything else um you know I kind I kind of manage it and then I also have an amazing mentor by my side that I go to for almost everything and anything um that's where I would say I get a lot of my help or advice from and you know, and rants too, and all of that, because it's it's a lot more than what people see. I think people now, just see that good. Now, how did you find a mentor? Mm-hmm. Because this is like the number one question that people always have is like, how do I find a mentor and all this stuff? So, how did you find your mentor? 
Yeah, that's a, that's another good question. I think people are always looking in the wrong places. They're not hanging around the right people. Mm. They're, you know, their priorities are a bit different. I think finding people that have the same interests you do and are so tunnel vision is really important. And I think eventually, you know, you'll find that person that thinks like you and has the same vision as you or you could get advice from. My dad is an incredible businessman as well so he was always the one i would always go to a lot for but Mm -hmm. i think with such the age difference between us so much has happened between the way they used to do business during his time yeah and my time i mean literally when i first started he's like put your put the brand in the yellow pages (laughs) the yellow pages (laughs) (laughs) it was so funny i still laugh about him um from saying that but it's it's such a there's such a big big change in the way people used to conduct business a long time ago. Yeah. I think even my parents have such a hard time, you know, comprehending how you could create such a such a successful business just over the internet. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, literally, they just are now coming around to the idea that it's possible. But being around the the right people, the right time, um, you know, I, I would say hanging around the right people too is very important when it comes to finding the correct mentor but it's it's almost honestly almost like the roots of creating a brand is having that as well mm-hmm. it's very hard to just kind of fail and succeed and fail and succeed because there's with a business specifically as you both would know it's a lot of failing i mean you're failing every single day but yeah. every failure is a lesson that helps you grow every every you know complaint is another thing that's helping you grow so it all falls into place and it's all so helpful when it comes to creating a brand because it's never going to be perfect you know but you could do the best you can to make it as great as possible too yeah absolutely so when you found your mentor did you like ask them (laughs) i was gonna say did you you ask them like (laughs) can can you please be my mentor or was it just like y'all hung out and then it just happened I think I kind of played my way into things. Okay. <laughs> no, but not not really. I didn't think about it that way at first. But I think over time, it was like, oh, just asking questions, you know, little things that you need to help with. And what's really cool about people that, you, you know, entrepreneurs specifically, you when you grow older, you admire seeing someone younger, like the younger version of yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it's the coolest thing to see. And I can't wait for, you know, until I have that moment myself, too. But I think it's seeing yourself, your younger self and someone else, it even makes them want to just help out and be a part of things as well. Um, So I think someone that's like a true entrepreneur is always willing to be helpful Mm -hmm. to you in any way possible. That's true. Well, well, some aren't. aren't (laughs) The good ones, I feel like, are because they know the struggles aren't easy. And it's like, it doesn't hurt you to share what you've gone through or what you had to encounter, you know, the downfalls, because a lot of times I feel like people take the downfalls and they'll either let them take them out of being an entrepreneur and put Mm -hmm. them back to a normal nine to five or be scared to expand and push themselves past the limit. But when you have, you know, the right person by your side that tells you like, no, it's okay. Like not everything's going to be perfect. You're going to fail a lot more than you win, but you learn so much from those failures that I think, it takes a true special person to push you and make you go and keep, you know, pushing yourself. Yeah, no, absolutely. And imagine taking like someone five to 10 years worth of, you know, their own failures and successes Mm -hmm. and kind of teaches those, you know, those to you and those lessons, 
you get to learn from. It's such a big part of being successful as well. It's almost kind of like a head start. Um, it's, it's such an important thing to find. And I would say to any entrepreneur, like before you do anything, try to find that mentor, no matter who they are, even if they weren't the greatest at what they did, mm-hmm. learn from their mistakes. And that was so hard for me because even if, even though I had a mentor and I do, and they're amazing, I, I still have, you know, I'm such a hard headed person. And like I said, with me, it's like a vision. I do what I want to do, but part of it is just having to find that person. It helps so much. And it's very important. No, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, um, because maybe with you, your person probably did, they were able to see your talent, you know what I mean? Um, Because with a lot of people, I think sometimes when you're doing things where people really have no evidence of like your potential, um, it can be really tricky and hard. And I know that for some people, from what I've heard, and I've also experienced this at times, where sometimes, like, even if you are younger than the person, or you could be the same age, it doesn't matter, but when they can see your potential, sometimes they feel threatened by that, mm. you know what I mean? Because they're like, I want to make sure, they, they don't want you to do better than them, and I know that's so sad, and, and space. yeah, and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, and so <laughs> the fact that you were actually able to find someone that was, like, confident in themselves, was not threatened mm-hmm. by you, um, because look at you, like you've already accomplished so much in such a short amount of time. So like you could, there's like endless possibilities here and where you can end up. And I think a lot of times people don't see it as, um, you know, like passing it on, like, you know what I mean? Oh like yeah. It no, that's, that's very true. And I think majority of people will be like that more than anything. Yeah. I think even with success, a lot of people get threatened by it, but you know, I think it's a powerful move for the other person too. It's such an incredible yeah. thing to do and to help out in that way and kind of see yourself, you know, your younger version of you. Is, I think that's so dope to do. Yeah, and to me, I really feel like people need to adopt the mentality of seeing it as a way to, like, I feel like whoever you're mentoring, you should see it as, oh, you're passing the baton and they are supposed to go further than you. Like, that should be the goal, you know? Yeah. So yeah. that everyone can get further and they open more doors and more opportunities and it just keeps going from there. But unfortunately, some people don't see it that way. Yeah, but the world I, is so no, it's big. very like, incredible there's enough to have. space for everyone to grow and have their own audience. Not everyone is the same. So you're only going to speak to the people that resonate with you. Exactly. Like you said, you have yeah. your niche and when you try to do something different and when you went back to your true self, like that's what your clientele wanted. Right. Yeah. So no there's definitely enough friends. cake for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <to> share. <laughs> um, okay. So really quick back to the team. So you're saying that you run the team on your own. Yes. Majority of it. How do there's, you juggle there's, that? <laughs> what is it? How hard is it? No, I said, how do you juggle that? Um, I think a good training process is important. Okay. You know, if, if you could spend and delegate a good amount of time in the training process I think you should be good yeah. but it's it's not easy you know especially yeah. when you're in the middle of doing so many different yeah. things the last thing question that you've already answered yeah. so many different times <laughs> but it, it's part of it and you know it's it's incredible to see someone else grow as well so it's really cool but definitely the training process is is very important when it comes to that yeah how big is your team um so here about I think seven or eight people. Wow. Yeah, in, in Arlington. And then, um, yeah, that's how many people we have here. So we have a stylist, and we have our uh, 
other location. We have a shipping department and all of that. So that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, okay. So let's talk about your mindset a little bit. Um, what is like one of the biggest mindset blocks that you've had to work through as you've had all this crazy quick growth? Mindset block. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Goodness. Is there like I don't a, know. What's your book that you've read that you're like, oh yeah, this makes sense. This adds up. Or like maybe a certain quote that you've like always gone back to of like, okay, I can do it. I think honestly, it's always been like my journals. I was, I always look back at them even now, like, like I'll look at something I wrote last month and I'll be like, Oh my God, that's so crazy. I was able to like overcome that. Mm-hmm. Even like the hard moments that they're so beautiful to overcome because yeah. You know, you'll go through a phase where you, you kind of almost want to give up and then you overcome it. And it's so incredible to think that you were able to handle anything that were, was able to come your way. So that for me is, is a really nice part of it. And it's such a nice growing aspect to it as well. That's awesome. So like, was there anything specific though that you like struggled with that you feel like, um, like was a mindset block that you had to work through and journal and all that stuff? Or do you feel like it's just like different things that might come up here and there? I've always wanted everything to be perfect and for everyone to leave just so happy. Yeah. But I think not every, you know, it's such a melting pot of so many different types of people, different personalities. And one thing I learned that I never, you know, experienced before in any other job that I had was how many different people you know, come into the store, so many different personalities, Mm -hmm. just because you have like 10 nice people, you might have one person that's just frustrated at at anything. Sometimes we have brides, they're so happy, but their families are implementing so much stress on them. And it ends up, you know, ruining their mood and changing their vibe, which I completely understand. But, you know, that's one thing where I was like, okay, I want everyone, I want everything to be perfect. Like I want like everyone forever to be so happy and perfect. But the reality is you're also a brand and mm-hmm. you know, you're going to see things and it's not necessarily you. Sometimes it's the other person and sometimes it is you, but yeah, that, that was one thing that I had a hard time um, being able to overcome. I think even till now, I don't know if it's anything I'll ever overcome, but yeah, I, I think, I think the reality of it is, not everyone's always going to be happy yeah, and all those different moods you know and as, yeah exactly there's so many different types of people that are always around even even on your day-to-day you know even your sometimes your staff or even yourself there's so many different moods so many different energies and just accepting the fact that not everyone is going to be exactly you just because just because your head is in a specific game doesn't mean everyone else's is yeah no as I well you. Would you say, like, the environment gets kind of stressful, or do you feel like it's not... Because I, I don't I don't believe it would be toxic whatsoever, but I feel like with bridal, sometimes it probably is stressful because, like you said, there's a lot of high emotions and a lot of pressure on the dress has to be perfect and, you know, all that stuff. So would you say it can be stressful at times, or would you disagree? I don't think at times. I think all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's always stressful. <laughs> I don't think it's at times. Um, it, it's, it, it, but it balances because it's such a yeah. beautiful thing, but it's also such a stressful thing, even for a bride. Yeah. And, you know, our job more than anything is to make it a 
just such a memorable experience and make sure everything's going by smoothly and make sure they're being updated. So, you know, even learning different processes and learning what we could do or things we could implement to make, you know, the bride feel more secure with anything. Because even the bride, you know, they're working with so many different vendors and having to kind of take care of everything. That's, that's so stressful. And it's such a like big and extravagant and expensive event. The last thing you want is for things to go wrong, you know, but, but you know, we're, we're so understanding of it. And it's, it always, it's always happiness at the end of the day, you know, as long as our brides leave happy, there's nothing more important to us. And just seeing them cry and seeing them happy, you know, in stores, like happy tears and just you know sometimes it's crazy because sometimes you know they'll enjoy coming so much that they just want any excuse to come back that's that's so you know that's so cool to me to be able to create that for other people yeah so you always just make sure that your team and your energy is always up and positive because I mean that's the only thing that you really can control even though it is super stressful you guys always just you know provide that good energy for them when they yeah. come in and experience Yeah, that. definitely. You yeah. know, whatever it is going on at home, no matter what, you know, what's going on in my life or anyone else's life, we leave that behind. And this is someone else's day. It's not about us, you know? Mm-hmm. Someone's coming in there. It's This is their experience. This is their moment. We take anything we have and bottle it up and put it on the side. You know, we'll deal with it after hours. <laughs> I always, I always, you know, I never answer anyone's call during, like, work hours sometimes my parents will call me and I know it's nothing important I'm like guys just because I'm running my own business doesn't mean I could take calls like in the middle of the day because it's still a job too Mm -hmm. you have to you know you're dedicating yourself to people and that's the role you have to play yeah absolutely and you've grown so fast and you've done so much in such the last few years from starting you know in 2019 and now we're just in 2022 um, so what plans do you have, or do you have any plans? Or are you just kind of letting everything go like with the flow, um, or anything like that? Yeah, I definitely not with the flow because <laughs> I, I'm always trying to be ahead of everything. So, yeah, you know, a, a lot of people are like, Oh, you, you must be so proud. Or they'll tell my parents, like, you guys must be so proud. And like, for me, yeah, yeah. Everything's great and amazing, but this is just the beginning and it'll always be just the beginning. There's such a long way to go. And I think any entrepreneur could agree that the start of anything they do, even if it's accomplished or not, yeah, you're happy, but for like a good six seconds and then you're ready to go back to work. Right. So for me, there's, there's such a long way to go and there's so many different things that we're working on and incredible things that we're doing. And I, I think in the next five years, I'll kind of look back at this and, you know, think it's all crazy um again you know so that that's a big part of it do you think you'd ever want to have more than one location you know that's definitely something I've thought about I'm not too sure yet Mm -hmm. but I definitely want to have a bigger location first um I'm not too sure I just I thought about it so many times and I still continue to but I don't know if it's something that interests me or if I'd rather kind of just create such an amazing experience in one location and just create such a cool brand that people enjoy coming to. Cause I, you know, I, I even ask my bride sometimes, would you guys prefer like if there was something closer? And then a lot of them have said like, they just like flying. Like they like the wow. idea of flying for their bridal gown, just like experience. any other girl, you know, it's, it's a, <laughs> it's a cool part to wedding planning. So a lot of people yeah. enjoy that part of it. That so I'm not too so sure cool. really. 
Have you thought about adding that to your business model at all? Like where, I know this is very extra, but I always mm -hmm. have ideas. <laughs> um, where it's like, you know how people do travel um, coordinating? I can't like think of it. Travel agencies where they book everything for them and yeah, it's just like an extra like, fee of like, well, we have, you know, set up at this hotel. Exactly. And we'll take and care of your flight. Or you book your own flight, but we set up the rest of the experience. Like this hotel, yeah. these restaurants will have your reservations set for you and things like that. Yeah, where they can yeah. like, pay you an, like an extra fee or whatever and you just like kind of coordinate the whole process. I don't know. I don't know if that's doing too much, but that would be no. So cool. <laughs> that would be really cool. I think that would be interesting to have. Yeah, as it's well. just like an elevated yeah. experience. It's you know very dramatic. I love it. <laughs> like no one else does that. <laughs> no, I know. There's so many things. I think the bridal industry just lacks so much in different ways. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy because it's like 2022 in every other industry except the bridal industry. So. Uh, we've definitely innovated it in so many different ways, just allowing brides to be able to customize their, you know, so basically what we do, so we have a concept where mm -hmm. we have, you know, I like release a collection every six months and then brides are able to change the neckline, the color and the sleeve of any dress free of charge. So okay. let's say you love a dress, but the one I created had long sleeves and it was like a sweetheart, but the yeah. one you've always envisioned was off the shoulder and it was like a square neckline or like an illusion. So you get to customize that element of your dress and we don't even charge for it. So, wow, you know, any, really nice. any else, yeah, any place else, you'd have to get alterations or, mm -hmm. you know, just get whatever the designer launched. Um, so that was, that was a huge element to the success of the business was being able to offer brides, you know, to be able to customize their dress, but giving them the ability to, imagine it too because sometimes when you're creating a full custom dress you're kind of creating it from scratch there's nothing there yeah. but you know even me specifically i i personally don't like customizing a dress myself like for myself because i have such a hard time envisioning things like i like seeing mm. things on myself or in person so we kind of give them that base to imagine and then they could design it with their sleeve or their neckline or their color or even change the train length so there are a lot of elements that you could change with our dresses that's like really that. nice because it's so like an uneasy, huge purchase of like, okay, yeah. I want to make sure it's perfect, but what right. if what I'm thinking, if that doesn't come to life, am I going to lose it? And I show, you know, fly in and it's like, right. well, that's not what I thought where right. your idea of, you know, them customizing your already created dresses exactly. is a lot better because they can imagine it like, oh, okay, yeah, if I just change this. And then don't have to pay some huge fee for, you know, yeah. changes that it's like, typically would. For sure. You get to, like, almost, like, imagine freely and you get to get it done. You know, like, it would suck to purchase a dress that you love, but it's, you know, you've always wanted an off-shoulder dress, so now you have to pick a whole different dress. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't feel like that made a lot of sense. So being able to customize specific elements of our dresses, there's the, we've never sold the same two dresses hardly ever wow every like let's say we have one dress on the rack we've had six different brides and each one of them has customized it like personally just for them so yeah that's another thing too you know sometimes you'll see a best-selling dress that a designer has and now there's like 50 or 70 brides all wearing the same dress yeah because no one wants to wear you the don't... same dress as someone else like no she has on my wedding <laughs> right dress. yeah and then you also don't want to go through the whole customization process. So we basically yeah. give you the base and you get to pick different things from there. That That's the biggest thing about the brand is that is our concept more than anything. 
I love that. That is really cool. I really love that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize you guys did that. Yeah, we we do. And we don't don't talk about it much, but, you know, soon we will be. Um, Yeah, girl, talk about it all the time. That's huge. Huge. Yeah, that's a game changer. No, it is. It's a a game changer. But every bride that flies out here or comes here, they're always, like, changing one thing or the other. Yeah. Um, And, you know, they don't have to pay for it. So you're not kind of held back just because you want to change a sleeve of a dress. You're kind of, you get the freedom to do so. And I love that because it's such a special day. And I think the last thing somebody wants to feel like is like they're not going to get their dream, you know, and that just makes it kind of disappointing. So the fact that you even thought to do that, I really love that. And I think that that just shows like the more so the ethics behind what you're doing than anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. You're welcome. A lot of brides enjoy it. It's a, you know, and then every bride gets to kind of say they got to customize their dress, which is pretty yeah. dope, mm-hmm. without paying the fees to do so. Yeah, so that's right. really cool. Exactly. Okay, so last question to wrap things up. Um, when you first started, because like we said, you're young when you started. I mean, you're still young. Mm-hmm. So did you ever <laughs> run into the issue of not being taken serious? Um, in specific things. Like, for example, not with brides, because, mm-hmm. you know, brides are all kind of in my age range. Yeah. So, if anything, they prefer to have someone that understands them than someone from a whole different generation that just yeah. doesn't understand their vibe. But yeah. I think, you know, with the when I first opened up the store, like, construction was such a pain. Mm-hmm. It was, oh, my God. I at Towards the end of it, I kind of just wanted to just, it, it was so bad. Like, yeah. you know, because you're dealing with... Not because they're men, but they just, you know, they see, like, a young girl. Yeah. And she doesn't know what she's doing. She doesn't know what she's talking about and what she's doing. So there was a lot of, like, messing around in terms of, like, not getting the job job done at at times or, like, getting the wrong thing done and thinking, you know, it was fine. But, you know, when it it came to that, that was really hard for me. I remember when I was first trying to... um, when I first tra- was trying to lease a location, there was a different location I was looking at, and I called the guy and I was asking him for, um, you know, s- specifications about the property. And then he goes, "Oh, I'm just looking for franchise owners only because I'm not trying to lease out to any American Dream or anything mm. of that sort." I was like, "What?" Yeah, the commercial literally- real estate is a whole nother game. And oh my god, so and it's- ruthless. So. And it's been three years, and no one has leased it out. So, perhaps <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, you would think he would um, be a little more lenient, you yeah. know? And yeah, I, I mean, you're listing your lease. property for lease. It's kind of crazy that you don't want to lease it out. Right. That's hilarious. Okay, so for people that are um, that are struggling with that same thing of not being taken serious, what piece of advice would you give them? I think confidence, confidence speaks louder than anything else anyone could ever do. You could, mm. you could be confident and be giving all the wrong information right. <laughs> and everyone. I always yeah. tell like my girls that like you, if you talk with confidence and act with confidence and you're confident with yourself, anything you come off will be so strong. So that more than anything speaks louder than anything else you could ever do it speaks louder than words and our actions just the way you carry yourself the way you talk you know the way you communicate and hold responsibility I think anyone would be able to work with you or willing to assist you with anything 
No, yeah, I completely yeah. agree. That's great advice. Wow, you're a good boss. <laughs> <laughs> I try, I try. We'll have to come visit your place. Yes. You guys do. You should, absolutely. You're welcome whenever you guys want to come in. Oh, oh I love that. Can I try on a gown? And, like, drink, yes. Pretend like yes. you're yeah. I feel, I I feel like you're a mermaid yes. type of girl. Are you? No. <laughs> We're just manifesting. We're I manifesting am, our weddings. I am and the men. Right. And the men. Exactly. I, I could meet my husband tomorrow, though, so I have to be prepared, you know? So um, we can just go on and start, you know, getting ready. We can get the dress ready, basically. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, let's do it. I'm, re- I'm ready. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. Okay, yeah. See, I'm ready. Yeah. Are you ready, Gavin? I'm ready. Okay, see? All right. <laughs> let's do it. Right, let's do it. No, but thank you so much for being on here, Dina. Um, where can people find you and where is your, well, I mean, it's in Arlington, but, um, where, what is the address to your location so people can come visit you? Yeah. So the address is 719 West Harris road, Arlington, well, sweet A10, Arlington, Texas, 76001. Um, and our phone number is 817-714-8710. And we, so we sell bridal gowns, headpieces, and veils. Um, that's everything that we're doing right now. Um, so it's a lot of fun. And what's really cool, also another thing, is we basically when a bride comes in, she gets the entire store closed out just for her to kind of give her that intimate space. Um, so no one else is inter- entering during your bridal appointment or staring you down. Um, so that's really cool. That is that. so cool. I love that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And what Donnie, your, we're waiting on you. And what is your Instagram <laughs> and TikTok so that way they can follow you? Yeah, so our Instagram is Dina Weedy. It's D-I-N-A-H-A-W-I-D-I. And our uh, TikTok is the same. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. And everything that she just mentioned will be in the show notes or in the description of this video. So if you're looking for it or if you didn't write it down fast enough, just look in the description and the show notes, okay? Well, thank you so much for being here, Dina. We love talking to you. We are so inspired by you and proud of you. We cannot wait to see what else you accomplish. Um, So yeah, thank you so much. Thank you guys both. Thank you, Donnie and Gabby. And I can't wait to see you guys in person. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys.